listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Palm Sunday represents the traditional beginning of the Holy Week for the Christian church. And it's a a day that we recognize when Christ uh, came to Jerusalem as the incoming king, recognized and anointed by the people in such a way as they hailed him in his ride into the city of Jerusalem. It's a privilege to be here. I know for the last three Sundays, I've so enjoyed these times to be together with my mission family, and it's a privilege for me to be sort of on the other side of the camera today and having a chance to uh, share with you um, as well. So thank you for being here with us today. Um, Pastor Jason, as we think through um, this last few weeks, I'm sure you've heard a lot of people talk about, uh, I can't wait for things to be back to normal. What's your sense of what people mean when, when they say that? Well, I, it's funny because it means different things to different people, honestly. And I think for some people it means they don't want to have to stand six feet apart and wait in line to get into Trader Joe's, you know? <laughs> um, I think for some people it means that they are eager to be able to hang back out with their friends. I, I, I know, like, we've been really missing our friends. Um, you know, other people, like, they, they, they just want to be able to go to church because it's a rhythm that they've set for, for so long, you know, and it's a great rhythm, and I miss having everybody here at church, too. Others, uh, you know, it's like they are tired of the sting of hand sanitizer on their hands, you know, like they just, they, they don't. Uh, you know, they don't want to feel that as often, or here's a, here's a big one that I'm encountering myself and a whole lot of other people is, man, we just want the kids to go back to the school building. Right. And, uh, and, and so I, I know that's near and dear to your heart as well. Right. And, uh, so, you know, but I think what, most of all, I think all these underlining, you know, there's an underlining thing when it comes to all of these different uh, aspects of going back to normal is that I really feel like people are longing for uncertainty, for, for things to be less uncertain. Mm, yes. they're, they're, they're looking to find some sort of steady ground or, you know, they're tired of wondering when their next paycheck is going to come or, you know, or, you know, are they going to be able to get the food that they need, you know, or I I just, I sense a lot of people wrestling with the uncertainty of this situation. Absolutely. And I think too, I mean, you think about, um, you know, it runs on toilet paper. You think about some of the challenges that have gone into this time. And I understand that desire to have things be back to normal. I think part of our human existence, part of who we are as human beings is this need to be in relationship with others. And so when you're having a socially isolated existence, it's not how we've been made to be. And I think it makes it particularly challenging. What I want to do today, though, is to look at this topic about what if going back to normal is not the right thing. And we're going to look at a story within scripture that sort of uh, talks about a time where a return to normal was not right. And it relates to the exodus, uh, the leaving of the people of Israel from Egypt going back to the promised land. 
And we're um, just to give a little bit of background about that. Uh, the uh, Jacob and his sons and their families had all traveled to Egypt during a period of famine. And another of his sons, Joseph, had been there and able to store up resources that provided for people from the whole region to help them withstand this, uh, this uh, significant famine that had gone through the land. When you sort of fast forward 400 years later, and this, the people of Israel had grown tremendously within the land, but they had become slaves. They had become... Um, consistent outsiders, people that were looked down upon in society, and uh, people had uh, the people of Egypt had taken them and made them their slaves. And God heard their cry. He raises up Moses, and the, Moses' role was to be the person that would lead the people of Israel back to the land that had been promised to their forefathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, and through a series of uh, miraculous events that process is able to get started. We're going to look today at uh, Exodus chapter 16. So if you have your Bible there with you and you want to turn with me, we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 16 in the first uh, three verses there. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So here the people of Israel are. um, They have just... Uh, witnessed a whole series of miracles, including the most miraculous of all, where God actually physically parted the Red Sea, allowed the people of Israel to go through on dry land, and as the Egyptian army chased them uh, into that Red Sea, the water covers the uh, uh, Egyptian army, inundates them, and destroys them. And here, just a few weeks later, as they are making their way to the land of uh, that was promised, the promised land that was given to the forefathers, they are now complaining and wanting to go back to normal, to what life had been like at that time, because they think, oh, I remember all the bread that we had and then the meat that we had. I want to share with you today four things that I believe that the Israelites did wrong in their desire to have things go back to normal. Yeah. First, they forgot or neglected God's promise. We see this in Exodus chapter 6. I'm going to read to you Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. It says there, there, Say therefore to the people of Israel, this is God speaking to Moses, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people and I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. So God makes two promises in this passage. He said, hey, as we go through this exodus, I'm going to get you out from underneath the thumb of the Egyptians. You are no longer going to be their slaves. Second promise that he makes is, I'm going to return you to the land that I promised to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants. And as he makes this promise, he finishes it by saying, 
I am the Lord. This is a statement that says, what I've promised you is going to take place. Mm -hmm. You can count on it. You can trust that it's going to happen because uh, I've made that commitment and I am the Lord. Yeah. And yet somehow, uh, even after having seen the miracles that transpire between chapter 6 and chapter 16, the Israelite people by chapter 16 have forgotten or neglected the promise that God had made. Um, and nothing had changed. Nothing had changed between chapter 6 and chapter 16 about that promise from God. God was still the same God. God had still promised what he had promised. And yet the Israelites had forgotten or neglected the promise that he made. Yeah. A uh, second thing that the Israelites did wrong in their desire to have things go back to normal is that they they failed to recognize or they forgot how tough things were during the normal. Yes, they remember the fact that they seemingly had a lot of bread or they had meat when they wanted it, but the reality was they were slaves in Egypt. They, they were treated as second-class citizens. Yeah. Their religion their, and their faith was looked at askance by the other people uh, that were in that country. They were strangers, they were visitors, they were not part of that culture, they were not part of that land, and God had had a different place planned for them. Yeah. But the Israelites, in their desire to have things be back to normal, had forgotten or neglected how tough things were during their time in Egypt, during what they were considering the normal. Third thing that the Israelites did wrong in their desire to have things return to normal is they forgot the fact or neglected the fact that God was with them on the way, right? In, in Exodus chapter 13, we see this picture that God provides of how he's with them physically and visibly during their trip. It says that as they walked, there was this pillar of cloud that went in front of them, and that was God there in front of them. And at night, it was a pillar of fire that went in front of them. And God was visibly with them on their journey. And yet, the Israelites had forgotten or neglected the fact when they wanted to go back to normal, they neglected or forgotten the fact that God was with them on the journey. Yeah. And then fourth, the Israelites had forgotten or neglected the fact that they... Um, that God had something better for them in the future. There, the tendency uh, when you're in the midst of something difficult may be to forget the fact that there was something there, but God had promised in chapter 6, I'm taking you back to the land of your forefathers, back to the land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's the promised land. It's the land that flows with milk and honey. Yet when the Israelites are in the midst of their journey and uh, they, they have this big desire to be back to normal, They've forgotten the fact that God has promised them something better in the future. Yeah, that's you hit the nail right on the head with this story. And honestly, this story is so relevant to our situation right now because many of these same points apply to us today, don't you think? Yeah, I think so, Jason. I mean, I, as I was thinking about this passage, and I was thinking about the reality of, of um, our COVID-19 world, I thought we have a tendency in our desire to have things to be back to normal. And I get the desire to be back to normal. I share that same desire. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, but there's been things that have happened in this that, like the Israelites, our desire to be back to normal isn't necessarily always good. I think one thing 
that we can forget or neglect we're in the middle of this uh, of a COVID-19 pandemic is the fact that God has made a promise and and that promise is clear. I mean, Hebrews 13:5 says, "I will never leave you nor forsake you." Yes. That's a phrase that's used throughout scripture. God's promise to us is he will never leave us nor forsake us. Or think about um, Romans chapter 8. Uh, Romans chapter 8 finishes with the great uh, reminder that nothing separates us from the love of God, not even a COVID-19 pandemic. That's right. And earlier in that passage, we see uh, Romans 8.28, where it says, uh, God causes all things to work together for good to those that love him, the, to those that are called according to his purpose. And it's a reminder that for people that are believers, that these things that are happening in our lives, God takes them and works them together for good doesn't mean it's going to be easy when we go through it doesn't mean it's a lot of fun going through it but God's taking them and causing good things to happen with them we tend when we're in the middle of a crisis situation to forget these promises that God has made uh, to us yeah I was thinking actually this week about Acts 16 when Paul and Silas were in prison and if you Mm -hmm. know that story um, you know that they were wrongfully in prison and they were bound, you know, put in, they had been beaten with clubs and, and, and all of that. And there, the Bible says that um, uh, they were singing sacred songs in the prison shackled, you know. And, and at, at, at that point, when they were singing the songs and, and praying, you know, the prisoners were all listening to them, but they didn't know. Like we know because we have the whole Bible, but they didn't know that the prison doors were going to open, that the shackles were going to fall off. And I just love the picture of them in prison, not losing hope, knowing the promises of God on their life that he will never leave them or forsake them. And they're just in there singing songs to God. How, what a powerful picture. And, And I don't think it's, I, I think we have the same opportunity. Hmm. They were probably socially isolated also. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking too, uh, you know, not only do we fail to remember God's promises in this situation, uh, we can fail or neglect to recognize what life was really like in the yeah, normal. Absolutely. And, um, I was just thinking about this even in my own life, and you may have had some of these same experiences, Jason, but there are things that have been part of my COVID-19 existence, changes that I've made because of having to be in this socially isolated state that I don't want to lose when I go back to the normal world. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, I've been intentional about uh, calling people, particularly people who are at risk, and uh, helping meet needs that they have. I've had been much more intentional about social interaction with others yeah. and I think ways that are very good and ways that, I again, I would like to continue uh, when this is over. Um, my wife and I went through our fi- finances really closely and carefully and eliminated expenses in a lot of areas mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, partly as a result of the uncertainty from COVID-19, but also because we had some time to be able to do that. Um, I, uh, I've probably never been as consistent as, as I've been over these last weeks in my personal devotional life. That's yes. something I don't want to lose when this yes. is over. Uh, I've done better about working out and taking care of physical fitness during this time. And again, 
uh, we forget what life was like in the normal, exactly. and we've actually gained some things in this COVID-19 experience. Totally. And, and so when I think about life before all this, you know, I think about, you know, how many times in the months before all this hit, was I wishing to just stay home with my family? Yeah. You know, how, how many times had I wished for more time with my wife? You know, like how, how many times ha- have had I been longing to slow down? You know, uh, it, it's like right now this is causing me to go through speed withdrawals or something, <laughs> you know, not, not like speed the drug, but like the unhealthy speed of the pace of my life, mm. you know? And so this is, this has been uh, challenging because now I, I am forced to slow down and, and I kind of don't know what to do with myself. But at the same time, like all of these things, like I ha- I have been, I had been wishing for previously. And, and it's like, I, now that they're here, I almost don't know what to do with it. And, and so like, I, I feel like this sense just recently come over me of just like, you know, a slowed down pace and being at peace and, and, uh, man, it, it, but, but there, these things are, there, there are things that have happened that I definitely want to carry over Hmm. into, you know, when things go back to normal. Yes. Um, so not only, you know, do we tend to forget God's promises in the midst of a COVID-19 situation, not only do we wish for the back to normal and forget some of the good things that are happening right now, um, I think we also tend to forget or neglect the fact that God is with us on this journey. And I know, you know, the Israelites had this advantage of um, seemingly of having a very visible presentation of the Lord, either in the pillar of cloud by mm-hmm. day or the pillar of fire by night. Uh, but the reality is we know from Scripture that when we uh, have, be, have faith in God through Christ, that God places his Holy Spirit in us. So each one of us who's a believer has the Holy Spirit within us. And the scriptures just call one of the names of the Holy Spirit the Comforter. What a great promise in what we're dealing with today that the the Holy Spirit as a Comforter is with us. What As we deal with the anxiety, the fear, the uncertainty that goes with this COVID-19 crisis, what a great promise that God's Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is with us on this journey. And and not only that, but he's given us everything we need for this moment in time. Like Mm -hmm. when you think about, you know, uh, Psalm 23, you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. But the next part of that verse is your rod and your staff, they comfort me, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, And I just think like God... I don't think God caused COVID-19 or anything like that, you know, but I do think that, you know, he uses it in whatever way he sees fit. And, you know, I think, um, we have we tools that are more apparent to us now because other things aren't available to us that God has gifted us with that he's given us as, as, um, you know, tools and defense. And I just, I just think like, you know, not only is God with us, but he's given us things for the journey, just like the Israelites got manna. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so. That's good. Um, thinking about the last point on this, you know, God 
uh, has a better future for us. And, you know, we can look at it and think, uh, oh, is this going to be a wealth and health, prosperity, gospel kind of message? <laughs> and and it, by no means is it that. Uh, in fact, God has not promised it anything to be easy. Yeah. Uh, we can sense the, the challenge of it. But I want to just present maybe a, a potential way of looking at this. What's God's desire for this world? His desire is that people would come to repentance. His desire is that people would desire and come into relationship with him. That's how he's made us as human beings. It's what he's made possible through the death of his son on the cross. And the primary way that he works in this world is through his church. What if through this experience, through the COVID-19 experience, uh, the church, our church particularly, becomes more and more of what God wants us to be, becomes better. Maybe that better that God has for us in this experience is for his church to be more and more of what the church should be. Think about that. I mean, the scripture says that how others will know that we are believers is through our love one for another. Yes. What if, just picture this for a moment, what if you, you know, a uh, person that's not part of uh, the mission contacts one of the elderly or one of the you know people that has health vulnerability issues within our church and says, hey, hey, are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing great because there's been a bunch of people at my church that have been checking in on me regularly, getting me groceries, getting me the, you know, helping get prescriptions filled, whatever it is, helping meet those needs that I have or, yeah. or you know, what if um, there's a small business owner in our church and uh, somebody else from outside the church approaches them and say, hey, are you okay? Are your needs been getting met? Yeah, you would not believe what my church has done for me. The yeah. people in my church have stepped up and helped meet the needs that existed uh, in my family. We wouldn't have been able to do this without their help or, you know, just people that are, are isolated and lonely and, and somebody from outside our congregation reaches out to them yeah. and uh, that person says, hey, you know what? I just can't believe how many people on the mission have reached out to me during this time, have checked in on me, um, Zoom conference to me or whatever it is to, to have some kind of connection with me. To me, that would be like, wow, the church yes. has become better because of this experience. And, and when the church is better, the result is that the world looks to that and says, I want what you have. I want yeah. to have what you have that's different than what I'm experiencing at this time. Definitely. And, and like I said earlier, I don't think God caused or sent COVID-19 Absolutely or anything not. like yeah. that. But but I would say God can use whatever circumstances he deems worthy to foster breakthrough in our own lives, you know? Mm -hmm. And so just like you said, like this could be for our benefit and probably is for God is using this for our benefit. And, and the thing I always think about God is that the God, the, the future that God has for us, the future that God wants for us doesn't always look like the past or what we think the future is going to look like. And so for a lot of us, this is shaking us up. Mm -hmm. We're, we're wondering where, you know, the provision is going to come from or, or, or whatever, but we can hold that, that passage in Romans that you mentioned earlier, you know, mm. all things for God's, for, for, for our good and God's glory, basically. Yeah, yeah. We can hold that tight, deep in our hearts. And, um, you know, I, I just think there is breakthrough happening in people's lives now that maybe wouldn't have happened if God didn't, you know, if, if God didn't use this to shake up our, mm. our normal circumstances. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to close just by challenging all of you that are listening, right? Um, 
what's your response going to be like to COVID-19? Are, are we going to have such a strong desire to go back to the normal that we neglect and don't recognize sort of what the Israelites didn't recognize, the fact that God is, has made promises to us. He's always with us. He will never forsake us, that he is with us along the journey, that he's going with us uh, as, we, as we go through this whole COVID-19 process. Uh, what the, the, the realities were of the normal, the fact that there's so, much, so many things that we've gained in this COVID-19 process that should be part of what we carry going forward, and that finally that God has something better for us as his, his church becomes more and more of what the church uh, should be. And I just would challenge each one of you as you think about um, your own life to think about applying this idea that uh, there are things that have happened because of COVID-19 that are, are good for us to experience. Let me uh, go ahead and just close us in a word of prayer. God, we love you. And we are so grateful that you are with us in this COVID-19 reality, Lord. You are the God of comfort. You embrace us. You hold us tight as we go through these experiences of, of social isolation, as we experience the um, uh, pain and suffering of what life can be like in a broken, fallen world. Lord, we just are so grateful for a relationship with you that makes possible a peace and joy and uh, that is not necessarily well understood by others. Lord, I just would ask that for people that are listening today that they would uh, embrace that message of peace and joy by accepting your son and the gift of your son, Lord, as the means and mechanism by which our relationship with you can be restored. God, I just would ask that um, you would be with the people of the churches of the world, Lord, that we would be your church, that we would live out. Uh, our lives would be marked love with love one for another, Lord that we would make a difference in the world around us, uh, both from the sense of peace and comfort that we can offer and have, Lord, and also from the love that we can give one to another. God, we are grateful to you. We ask all these things in your son's name. Um, amen. We're at that point in the service where if you were at our traditional service, you would uh, we would have an opportunity to uh, take an offering and... Um, I just want to encourage you today, if you uh, would like to give, and we would encourage that, that you uh, go through our church website, uh, click on the online giving link, or go through our, our app on the, your phone, and just take a time right now to make a gift and offering to the Lord. It will continue to further the ministries of this church, both here and around the globe, even during the middle of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you. Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.